Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. Uh, you can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's Show is our handle. Uh, check out the Facebook page, search Coach Bono's, Coach Bono's Show. You'll find it. And you can email us at Coach Bono's Show at gmail.com. Today is episode 27.5. The 0.5 pod means, of course, we have our talented, our lovely, our legal analyst, everything to us here on the Coach Bono's podcast, the wonderful Ellen Wiginter. Ellen, how are you doing today? Um, I'm very appreciative for that gracious introduction, so thank you. You're the uh, cog that runs the wheel here. I think <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure about that, but at least I hope to make it fun. Uh, yeah, well, you bring you bring the fun. I bring the, um, the whatever. I don't know what the hell I bring right now. Ah, so like I was telling you before we started, I, I I've been a little forgetful today. So luckily, I write things down. Um, I didn't write something down that was work related and forgot something today. Luckily, it wasn't too pressing, but I had to call and yell at somebody, and it, 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 somebody avoided an ass kick, an ass kicking because I forgot. So hey, um. You know, one of the things that is really interesting because where I work, we are heavily influenced by um, immediate events. We are getting slammed right now. And I would just, I would like to piggyback on my own personal thoughts about uh, Ukraine from what you kind of laid out on Monday. And I agree with you. It's horrific. Um, I am scared that I had to have a conversation with my 12 year old son about what nuclear, uh, readiness kind of looked like from an American standpoint, Yeah, because I think that is a true reality. Um, I am horrified by people who, uh, think that this could have been avoided by their leadership in the United States. Cause you mean that current leadership, you mean current no, like they are saying that if Biden wasn't president, this would have been avoided. Yes, because yeah. Trump perhaps would have, you know, somehow been able to curtail Putin when he just probably would have welcomed in Putin to Ukraine yeah. in whatever way he could have. So mm-hmm. um, I really appreciated you taking some time to kind of talk through that and yeah. Uh, and go through that process because it, it's something that I've been oddly trying to manage on a professional level just because I am dealing with commodities markets yeah. and an oh, influx yeah. of things that are hitting immediately and no one really knows what's going to happen. So everyone's trying to, to hedge their future, you know, 30 days yeah. and figure out how they're going to get money, much like the people who are in Moscow who can't get money because of, sh- of sanctions and everything else that yeah. have been imposed on Russia. And it sucks for everyone. You know, I'm glad you said that. And I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this one, but one of the things I wanted to make clear of, and I don't know if I made this clear or not, on Monday is... I am, it, what we're seeing is many of the Russian people are mm-hmm. not for this war. No. And I, I think that we need to make sure that if we know people who have Russian descent, 
and they're here in our country, we better not start blaming them. We better not do to them what we do. We, we better not make boogeymen out of these people. Correct. It's not them doing this. Absolutely. This is not the Russian people. This is one person at the top. It is Vladimir Putin, Putin, and that is it's Vladimir it. Putin, and he's the <laughs> boogeyman. Yeah, you know, I jokingly said we need to whack that bastard. I mean, I, it that's what needs to happen. He just needs to go. So honestly, Nicholas, it's over. If he's me, gone. No, Nicholas asked me this this afternoon after we got home, and I flipped on CNN and was kind of trying to figure out what happened during the day because I'd gone into the office, and he yeah. was just like, "So, isn't somebody just going to take him out?" And I was like it's a little bit harder with him it's difficult yeah yeah we don't have people that are going to be in there to do that and it it's not going to be convenient and if it does happen there could be additional repercussions that follow that so well the fact that they're a nuclear power makes it difficult because this guy has a he has a button that he can push and that's what i told him as well and i was just like this is what I grew up with yeah. on a different level than what our parents grew up with yeah. as they transitioned into the cold war and no one yeah. really kind of understood it, yeah. but um, we are still of the generation, the gen Xers, you know, towards the back end of it that we may be who still dealt with this on a regular basis. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of was looking at some of the coverage in different places, uh, especially this weekend, especially back mm-hmm. during the weekend um, when it was starting. It reminded me of the Gulf War. Yes. The Gulf War is kind of the first time we saw that on television. And it reminded me of how we saw the Gulf War on CNN. Yeah. I mean, the Gulf War made CNN. It made, it made CNN. And that's why everyone is just like, this is what CNN is made for, because yeah. that's how they is. came up. It is. Yeah. There's a great movie about this. I was thinking about it and I was looking for it. I think it's on HBO Max. I haven't seen it. It was made by HBO. It's called Live from Baghdad. Oh, and it was okay. about those couple of days, those few days, the beginning of the war and those CNN right. correspondence. Michael 100 Keaton hours. Was the star of it. Yeah. Michael Keaton is the star, is the star of the movie. And okay. it was made back in the 90s, um, late 90s. And it was on CNN. And it really gave you a feel for that. And so. Yeah. I don't think we're in that same kind of field just because it's a little different. I mean, we don't have, we haven't seen any bombings live on TV yet. They were actually describing that back in 1991 when they were doing but that. But it's pretty close. It is close. Yeah. And, and there are people on, you know, other networks right now that are trying to piss in people's weedies by saying, well, he isn't that bad a guy and this and that. I'm like, yeah, you're yeah. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna say who that is. I just it's just that guy can go fuck himself. You know, I've already said that guy's name. No, and it's it's not just one person. Yeah. There's a fair number of people. Yeah, that it, whole it, network can can just be burnt to the ground for all I care. The difference that I hope that people see during this period, as compared to the first mm-hmm. um, Gulf War, is that. Everything now is real time. Yeah. There isn't a delay. Yeah. You are seeing things within 30 minutes, an yeah. hour of stuff happening. People yeah. are verifying information as they are down there. Yeah. This is really happening. Yeah. This isn't a joke. This wasn't um, prescribed by Joe Biden 
or the US or by any left wing source. This was prescribed by one person who decided that he wanted to reconstitute a Russian entity that never fully existed. Yeah. Um, I got a question. Have you seen the video of the, the old lady? I don't think I've seen that one. No. Okay. It's great if you haven't seen it. So I'll describe it the best I can. Okay. It was a video. And she was one of the Russian grandmas or she's Ukrainian. She's Ukrainian. And she's and she's in in one of the cities. I don't remember what city it was. And there's a soldier, he's in his full regalia, he's got the gun, and he's and he is trying to be polite. You can tell Mm -hmm. he does not want this to escalate. He says to the lady. Man, I don't want this to escalate. You can subtitle on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he goes, go home. We don't want this to escalate. We don't want to hurt anybody. Those Russian soldiers don't want to hurt people. They, they really did. Most of them don't agree with what the fuck they're doing. It's just their job. They were conscripted. Yes. They were drafted into this yes. and had no idea what this would become. This old lady stood down a man with a gun and said, please, please, sir. Take these seeds and put them in oh, your yes. pocket. Oh, yes. I have seen that. Yes. Yes. Put these yes. seeds in your pocket so that when you die here in the Ukraine, mm-hmm. flowers will blossom from your dead body. Yeah. That is the most cold blooded thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm here for it. I'm no, it's every moment of it. It is completely wild. Yeah. They came out Saturday, was the first time I saw the video. And John Oliver had it on this week. Tonight. Yes. If you watch this, I love I John Oliver. I, I love John Oliver. And he had a great segment on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the most gangster ass thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And even today, they, um, this morning's coverage on CNN, I was watching and they had an interview with a woman who had um, studied and had gone to law school and her focus in law school was like, international law, um, humanitarian crisis and all this kind of stuff. And then when all this broke out, she had become a medical volunteer for the Ukrainian uh, army. And she was just like, I've read about this in text. I've read about, you know, humanitarian crises, crises, war against human, you know, crimes against humanity. And I never thought that I would see them on my own doorstep yeah it, it's ridiculous i the last funny last thing i'll say on this mm-hmm. it's so sad but you know we got hip to this very many years ago there's two things i can remember in pop culture about the ukraine uh first one is from seinfeld remember when did you watch seinfeld yeah you remember when newman and kramer kramer were playing risk I don't remember that. Okay, so they're there. They're playing risk. They didn't. No one would trust anybody with the board. They were afraid the other one was going to cheat, so they were going to leave it at Jerry's house. And Jerry says, "You got to take it out of here." So eventually, they are playing the game while on the subway, and Kramer is making a comment to to uh, Newman saying, "I've got you beat. All you have left is the Ukraine. The Ukraine is weak." And he keeps going. And he's making insults, and there's this big guy sitting next to him and he goes I am from Ukraine we are not weak and he slams the board and just ruins it for everybody 
You know, it's really fascinating. We had someone in town from one of our offices uh, yesterday and he's former military. He has a history degree and focused on um, European history. And he was just like, you know what? Ukraine's been around for about 900 to a thousand years prior to when Moscow was founded. So um, folks thinking that Ukraine is just kind of this new spinoff of Russia are to be corrected. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I thought was good was, um, did you ever see the movie, The Italian Job? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, no, just the snippets of them okay. so, going down the Spanish steps. Okay, so there's a scene where, okay, one of the guys, is, there's a bunch of gold, they're fencing the gold and whatnot. Someone's fencing the gold, one of the characters. So one of the guys is this dude named Skinny Pete. If you see, I've shared it on Facebook a couple of nights, and I might even share mm-hmm. it on the page here in a little bit. Um, this guy, they call him Skinny Pete. And Skinny Pete was this massive, like Samoan-looking guy. I mean, probably four or 500 pounds. And he's talking to the main character played by Walk Wahlberg. And he says, look, there are three things I've learned. I don't mess with. I don't mess with mother nature, mother-in-laws, or motherfucking Ukrainians. <laughs> I was like, dude, he hipped us to the game in 2003. Yes. 2003, yeah. Skinny P, let us know. Mother-in-law, mother nature, mother-in-laws, motherfucking Ukrainians. So, yeah, I... I'm my thoughts are still with them. I, I yeah. hope that they get through this and it's not looking good right now. I heard one of those cities have been taken over already by the Russians and yeah, down the south what happens. And mm-hmm. I just, but I'm not counting them out because them dudes are double tough. I mean, Big Mama is out there telling Russian soldiers, I hope you die with seeds in your pocket. Man, if she's that gangster, you know, they all got. They're handing out guns to people and saying, defend your shit. I mean, that's. They declared what they wanted to be. And someone Mm -hmm. else is trying to take that away from them. Uh And that just fucking sucks. How about when the Ukraines are done beating the Russians? Can we have them come and take over Texas for us? Thank you. That's where I was leading to. But I didn't think you'd. I wasn't sure you'd want to go there. But yes. Fuck. We'll just have them. Uh. We'll have them come take care of some of those people in Texas for us. Yes. When they're all said and done. All right, let's get to the fun stuff. That's the sports. Hey, so, sorry. Yeah, but I think we had a little fun with as much fun as you can have with the war. Uh, but, you know, this is what I wanted to bring up. And uh, so college basketball, again, last week you hit us to the game. We know where we're at now. We got it squared away. Thank you for everything you've done. Now we've had some interesting shit go down. We had... Saturday, the top six all lost. Um, we had another loss in the top 10. It was a seven of 10 top 10 teams. Only time in the history of history this has ever happened. And then Kansas lost again on Tuesday. We recorded yeah. Wednesday night. Um, Lenardi, Joe Lenardi on, on, on ESPN, on Bracketology, currently, well, this is before Tuesday's games. He has the top four currently as Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, and Arizona. Now, I'm assuming right now if you get the Kansas loss, but would you think that maybe Duke or Auburn moves back into that? All right. So here's my argument is that regular season basically ends 
Saturday, Sunday of this week. Um, For instance, KU closes out their season by playing TCU again because they were on COVID pause tomorrow on Thursday, the third, and then closes out the regular season against Texas on the fifth. So most leagues are going to be closing out on the fifth, maybe the sixth at best, uh, or at latest, I should say, um, a lot of things are going to be revolving around that Duke UNC game because Duke is closing out their season at Carolina. It's coach K's last game as a coach in the regular season, um, blah, 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 blah. There will be a lot of hype, especially if you watch a lot of ESPN, it's going to yeah. be excessive. Uh, so then there is the conference tournaments. So as you kind of noted on Monday's podcast, some of that's going to start popping off already this weekend or early next for those conferences that are mid-majors. And that's going to be great. I think there is still three, there are still three conferences that close out on Sunday, the 13th, which is selection Sunday. Um, The big 12 moved theirs to Saturday a few years ago. So now all the fun begins. So as much as you'd like to say, here's going to be X, Y, and Z. Yeah. If there are some seed stealers, meaning that some of these mid-majors that only have an automatic bid for whomever wins their conference tournament wins. Yeah. So whoever may be projected comes out. Um, there could be some rigmarole with those conference tournaments. So say in the big 12, KU still wins the regular season because they close out against TCU and Texas the next couple of games, but they don't win the conference tournament is, does that impact their seed? Same with the ACC and that kind of thing. I don't know. I think the only team that is probably not impacted by their conference tournament, frankly, is Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I would agree with that. So I just checked, pulled it up while you were going through that. There are actually five conferences that that finish up on Sunday the 13th. Okay. the The three major ones are the SEC, the Big Ten, the American Conference, and then the A-10 and the Ivy League. But if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, doesn't the Ivy League send their regular season winner to the... No, so the, the Ivy League just started a conference tournament. Okay. It was Their first year was supposed to be in 2020 okay. to have a conference tournament, and then COVID came down. Okay. So I, I believe I'm correct, and all of you all, please correct me if I'm not correct, but 2021 would have been their first conference okay. tournament okay. ever because they, that's what they used to do is yeah. that that's where I never thought. held it. Yeah. So in their, their tournament is only over two days It's the 12th and the 13th. Well, they only have 10 teams in their league. Let me see. Uh, four, five, eight. So, yeah, I mean, that's an easy two day thing. Yeah, so I was just, yeah, but that was interesting. Um, yeah, so I, the question I got for you, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is Duke's last season, or Coach K's last season at Duke. Yep. They're currently number four in the AP poll and number two in the coaches poll. Mm-hmm. And Lenardi has them slotted as a two going into Tuesday. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that'll be different in his next slotting. Yep. You think you mentioned off when we talked off air about this. Um, is Duke, do you think Duke's going to get a one seed if they, assuming they win the their conference tournament, they've, they've been the most dominant team in the tournament in the league all year? Do you think that if it comes down to some sort of tiebreaker, say it was Duke and KU for the last one, do you see the the uh, committee given a one seed to whether it's Duke or Kansas or Baylor taking Duke over a team because of coach K. I don't think it's necessarily because of coach K because I think they will take those quad one wins into consideration, which I believe KU and one other team are tied for the most quad one wins throughout the season. But my understanding from my perusal of Twitter and take that for what it is, is that Duke has requested to be seated in the Midwest region because Shashevsky is from Chicago. Yeah. So dependent on how, you know, And there was chatter that teams do this every single year. There's some discussion about, you know, geographic location and supposedly um, the committee actually takes that into consideration as far as trying to figure out the closest geographical location for these teams to travel within the region. So I don't know necessarily if it matters if Duke is slated a one or two. It's maybe more so if Duke lands in the Midwest regional that they can play in Chicago okay, and how that plays out. And I'm curious about that. And so I don't know, I will be interested to see that. And we'll see how it plays out. A lot of people want to see, excuse me, coach K have a walk-off season in retirement Um, I'm sure a lot of people would have loved to see that for Roy Williams, but he announced it after the tournament, Yeah, his retirement. So, you know, I, I would be very curious with Bayheim or with any number of coaches that are coming near that point of retirement, even Huggins. Do you put Bayheim and Huggins in that category with the Roy Williams? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, listen, the NCAA decided to vacate any number of seasons of wins because NCAA violations, which we all know on some level are complete bullshit. Yeah. So you can't disregard what Bayheim did. And yeah. it's also weirdly intriguing that his sons play for him yeah uh so and that he also has grandchildren but you know it's Bayheim is interesting yeah. i still hate that 2003 loss it burns me mm-hmm. to my soul because ku should have played better and yeah. maybe um I guess it was 2002, probably not 2003. It was 2003. Um, you know, because that 
that was the transition yeah. that Roy left Bill self came in, but yeah, I, someone asked me just tangentially what I thought of the NCAA and it's nonsense at this point. Yeah. I don't ever obey the, uh, you know, we've stripped them of this. I mean, stripped them of that. They're still won the championship. I mean, that's, yeah, I don't, those vacated titles are still titles to me. I, they won, Whether, they won the games. Yeah. They hit the home runs. Yeah, and everybody cheated. I mean, so, I mean. They stole the bases. They did whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. I. I, What are you looking forward to in the next couple, the next week, between now and next week with the the end of the season? Is there anything you're thinking, well, this will be interesting, whether it's a game or whether it's something to look for and say, hey, this could be interesting these last few days. With, uh, I mean, like I told you, as part of my nonsense, this time of year, yeah. my birthday is next Friday, the 11th. Yep. So there's that. There's also the return of daylight savings time on Sunday, the 13th, which is also excellent for most of us who enjoy longer evenings. Um, and I'm here for the chaos. I love yeah. Selection Sunday. Okay. I have memories for years of my family printing out brackets and handwriting everyone in for the initial 62, 64, 68. Yeah. And carrying everything out and having our family pools. This is a great time of year (laughs) for me that I just, I'm just like, there's something positive about it yeah because it just feels like things are moving forward in some way yeah um and so yeah select this this coming next week i'll i'll even be more jazz but you know even coming into this coming week with the end of the regular season before the conference tournaments it's (laughs) it's always a very good time for me well let's transition from stuff that is moving forward and look in optimistic, something that's not so optimistic, and that's the Major League Baseball lockout. Can you explain to me exactly what the owners are doing here? Because okay. I don't understand it. You want me to explain what a lockout is? I mean, you know the legal. No, I know what the lockout or is. Their strategy but... here. Yes. Okay, so what I I think the owner's strategy is to try to. Uh, divide and conquer. I think they're trying to get the the players association to give in by giving up games and maybe missing paychecks is going to do something here. Um, in short, what has happened? We'll kind of review that first. So a lot of folks don't know. Um, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, announced on Tuesday that the mm-hmm. first two series, the first week of Major League Baseball will be canceled. Mm-hmm. There is no agreement between the Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball. They are Mm -hmm. very far apart, and the part they're most far apart on is the what is referred to as the luxury tax and the um, the pool for uh, free agency. Uh, How do you get to free? How many years of service time you need to get to free agency? And which I understand, which I understand that the players actually pulled back their request on the free agency part is that correct or did i 
They were willing to go. They were okay. So right now it works that um, a player has to be six years in, but with service time manipulation, it's becoming seven for a lot of the big name players. The players have come out and said they're willing to do five, but they're not willing to go to six. Okay. Um, they're, they're, that's one piece they're away, they're away from is the, uh, the luxury tax pool. The luxury tax is where we have uh, a team can spend up to a certain amount of money per, um, on a team, on their players for the season. And then after that, they're taxed $2, a dollar for every $2 they're over that. Okay. Tax limit. It's it's a soft cap. Okay. The owners want to drive the cap down. The players want to drive it up. Now you would think that the players driving it up want it up because they want to make more money for the, the high-end players, more of the 30, 40 million dollar contracts. But what they're really saying they're trying to do is they're trying to draw teams out of making it the excuse for the reason that they're not spending money at all. Okay. Yeah, the big the thing the players are trying to get teams to quit tank. You know, they've agreed to some sort of a major league baseball draft, um, a, a lottery for the draft. Uh, it's kind of a joke, the number of teams in that lottery, but they've agreed to some things there. But they're still far apart on two main points. And now we're seeing it's sort of the, as they say in the mafia, like they said in the uh, Godfather, they're going to the mattresses. They're all okay. putting out there. There are people out there. So now Manfred has gone out. He's the faith. The commissioner's the face of the owners. And he's saying, hey, the players, they don't want to work with us on this. And we really want to play and do what's best for the fans. Mm-hmm. Technically, they could open the doors and play without a contract. They can just continue where they were last season and do it under the guise of under the, the auspices of we've got this contract. We're going to do this for this season or for this half of a season, whatever it might be. There's a way to do these things. These players are still under contracts. Right. But they have not done that. Instead, the play locked the doors. The bit most damning part to me was when the league locked the doors, um, the Players Association gave them an offer, said, hey, here's what we, what we are offering. It took the league three months to get back to the Players Association. So that is the thing. And I, yeah. I understand the angst that I'm seeing from folks, mostly on Twitter, that are talking about this, that the players are as much fault at this as the owners. And I would just like to point to that three month period, the things that are being proposed by the players association, especially relative to the minimum salaries the minor league kind of equity that they're trying to impose and expand. And some of the other things that it's not just it, it, it's not the banner players who are necessarily benefiting from this. Yes. There is an honest um, acknowledgement from the professional community of baseball players who are just like, not all of us came through up, came up through the minor leagues, but those of us who did know it sucks and it's horrible. And we need to do some equity across the board 
And, you know, it's, it's fascinating because the minor leagues are going to be starting playing ball. Yeah. And they are playing. The minors are playing. Uh, so wherever you have a local minor league team, they'll be playing. Yeah. During their season. Um, I think the thing that gets lost, there's the, the argument from the, from the opposite side, from the owner's side, is that they put mm-hmm. out this thing of saying, well, it's a fight between billionaires and millionaires. That's bullshit. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's tired. It's, if you're talking to somebody, they mentioned it's the fight between the millionaires and the billionaires. That person has no idea what the fuck they are talking about. Um, well, it's, this really, it's easy messaging, right? It is. It's easy branding because none of us that are listening to this are going to be making that kind of money. No. And it's easy to say, well, they're playing a kid's game. They're playing a sport that we don't see this for anything else. We say it with baseball, we say it with sports, but they're having a very highly specialized skill set. If you have a very highly specialized skill set in anything that's valuable, you will get paid well. And maybe not as well as these guys are, but there's also, none of these owners are poor. They're kind of play the poor mouth here, but none of them are poor. They are. And I think the thing that needs to be highlighted beyond all that is that unlike other professionals who have been trained educationally, skill set wise, whatever, professional athletes windows for earnings are much smaller than the rest of us who can have a 30 year window. Yeah. The average major league baseball career is three and a half seasons. But right now, it takes six years to become a free agent. These aren't millionaires. They're fighting over. The people who are being fought, we've seen it. Max Scherzer is one of the guys who's on the committee for the Players Mm -hmm. Association. He's been saying it over and over. We're fighting for the rank and file. We're fighting for the lower end guys. I've seen Twitter posts this evening from Anthony Rizzo, Mike Trout, Evan Longoria, who all said, we don't like this for the fans. Well, we're taking on this fight for these guys. Yeah. Major League Baseball salaries have gone down. In the meantime, the game has changed where if you can recall, even 10 years ago, people got big contracts. You know, we talked one of the famous ones is Albert Pujols. Yes. He signed his contract. People said, hey, there's no way you're getting any value on the back, maybe half of that contract. Yeah, that 10-year really contract. The Angels paying that, saying, well, we're kind of rewarding him for what he's done in the past and being a future Hall of Famer and everything else. These teams don't do that anymore. They're only going to pay you what your value is because now they use a lot of the a lot of, of the stat stuff, the uh, uh, snowball. It's yeah. the money ball stuff. It, it that... is the money. And yeah, and because of all these statistics and everything, they're quick to replace people. Yeah. What major league baseball owners have also done is, and I'll be blunt about this, this is going to offend people, but they're trying to get the separation being between Latin American players and American players. Oh, absolutely. Especially given the fact that um, Latin American players have funneled a vast majority of the players probably over the last 10 years, if not more. Yeah. Half Half the league is Latin American. It's, it's, it's from Dominican, from Venezuela, you know, from these places. And what we're seeing is that the owner's strategy appears to be, well, let's make it look like these guys are these greedy white boys. 
and we'll get the Latin players to be like, hey, we want to make some money because this is all we got. And I think that's part. You asked what the owner strategy is. I think the owner strategy is to divide and conquer based upon the Latin players versus the white players. I have no access to any of that. And I would be very curious to hear what uh, tenured players are hearing. But given that most of these um, front-facing white players are, they have Latin American players on their teams that are playing winter ball in Latin America. They're currently in... Venezuela or the Dominican or Cuba, and they're playing ball currently at this moment. Yeah. And, and so the MLBPA being able to reframe some of that stuff, even if that is truly the owner's take, that it's the poor kids trying to take out the. It's, trying, it's the rich kid? kids trying to take the poor kids. Yeah, they take the poor kids' money away. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't make sense. And they need to focus on that and, and say here, this is really what we're doing. And from the initial things that I'm seeing and granted, again, not embedded, not seeing everything. It's what the MLBPA wants to do. The players that are at that negotiation table, they want to make sure that everyone is kind of there with them and it's not just them yeah so it's going to be interesting to see what happens these next couple of weeks we're going to see we're going to see a it's going to be sort of the um the public relations piece from each side now for sure and and these owners think they got some suckers in the players the players have always beaten the owners in major league baseball well and frankly except on the last contract it's again yeah how can the players not beat any drum more than the owners locked us out? Yeah. Again and again and again and again. Yeah. The owners locked us out. We were ready to play. We were ready to go. And you said no. We're going to jump out of there. We're going to jump off of MLB here. We're going to have some fun this last one. Before we do, it's that time of year. We're changing seasons. It was warmer. How was 70, 70-something in Denver today? Yeah, it was like 75 today. It's like 70 here in Lawrence. It was beautiful. It's been beautiful for a couple of days. It's also supposed to snow this weekend, so I don't know. Now, so, you know, here, springtime is coming. It's, yep. it's here in some places. It's going to be coming in other places. It's the perfect time. You got to refresh your wardrobe. Can't wait to do it. I'm going to get and into so, that trunk club app. And that's the best way to refresh your wardrobe. You know, we've all been going through it. We haven't been going shopping. Places haven't been open. Mm-hmm. So we go to trunk club. You're going to see in our show notes a link from trunk club. You get to save $50 on your next on your first trunk club when you use our link. It's in the show notes. You can do it right now. We're still talking. You're still just listening to us. You're probably doing something else, but stop whatever you're doing. <laughs> and click on the link. <laughs> and just flip through i'm having a blast with it i brought you know i got my box last week i had to send a bunch of it back that's some stuff that didn't fit right but i like that i like that i you know i did some stuff when i saw it in the app i was like no 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 yes and they filled in a few other things and then i got you know my box came i opened it up i kept i kept a number of the items i liked them a couple of things just didn't fit right i'm fat just happens so i said sent those items back 
It's not even uh, that you're fat. It's that you don't like how things are yeah, cut. Like for look, me, yeah. so random woman perspective, I don't like mom jeans. They yeah. aren't for me. Yeah. I like low cut jeans and having my fat ass muffin top hang out over it. <laughs> me in my case, I just, there was a couple of the shirts where I was like, I just can't do this. But Too this fat. was a thing with it, my trunk club that yeah. I was just like, they were like, Hey, let's have a lot of high waisted stuff. And I was, I didn't agree then, with that. And you can send notes to your stylist to say, Hey, I don't want any of this. And, yeah. they'll, and they'll make sure you don't get that in the future, which is cool. So yeah. check the show notes, get the link. Get on there, 50 bucks off on the trunk club. Buy your first trunk, check it out. All the spring trunks will be out soon. Uh, right now, if you look tonight, there's still the winter stuff, but you can go in and you can pick some things. You can even ask the stylist for certain things. You can upload pictures of stuff you like and they'll try to find stuff similar. So, and if you want stuff fun. that's good for work, they have a specific uh option for that as well. So, absolutely. So, just to give you some ideas, check it out, check the link. Click on it, save 50 bucks. It's helping us. And it, it helps us bring this to you free as well. So we appreciate that. So Trunk Club by Nordstrom. Thank you. Um, last thing I want to get into, we've been, you know, you and I nerd out about certain things. Yes. And football is our primary talk around here. And we're going to get into free agency and a lot of stuff next week. Um you you listened to Monday's podcast already? I assume I did. I, I did. I felt very vindicated on the Eric Bieniemy stuff. Yeah, you know it's funny. A lot of these predictions I've been dead on here lately, and now Andy Reid is and Andy Reid has already come out and said a lot of these things that were out there were not true. I know that you have been saying for a number of months on a variety of uh, um, entertainment levels that you should be hired because it's either aw yeah oh we're gonna get into that i won't touch on that before we get out of here the chiefs the chiefs, the chiefs um, whomever you're just like my office is bugged and whomever's bugging me needs to hire me yeah yeah whoever if you've got the bugs in here just i'm gonna start doing this at a different location i mean it's an undisclosed location i can change the location he so, can yeah, I don't know how you figured out where the undisclosed location is, but somebody did. I think I've slipped up at least once to say where it's at. But anyway, I can move this thing somewhere else. But anyway, um, I, I'm not going to get into the whole Eric, Eric B. Enemy thing. And we saw the Eric B. Enemy got a one-year contract extension and the Chiefs have hired Matt Nagy. And we're going to get it all into free agency next week when free agency starts. But what I want to talk about is this announcer thing. I think the announcer thing is just, it's unusual. And we are in an interesting time, my friend. I don't um, think, um, speaking of Jim Nance, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we've seen a market like this ever, have we? This has never happened. So what's happened okay. is because of Amazon getting Thursday night football, mm-hmm. and they're not going to get the slate of games Thursday night football has been for the past couple of years. Oh, no, they're going to flex the hell out of they're, they're, they're not going to flex games on the Thursday. They've already okay. said there'll be no flexing the Thursdays. Monday night is going to start getting flex games. Ooh. Sunday night and Monday night will get flex games. There won't, because you're changing the day and moving it up two or three days, mm-hmm. that's a little difficult to flex. And, and Monday night is ESPN. 
Monday night is ESPN. Still be on ESPN. Um, but because of Amazon taking over Thursday night football, Amazon's putting up a lot of money in it, and so they've decided we want better games. So they're going to get better games than the Jaguars and the Colts. What we're going to see is big name teams. We're going to see the Chiefs on. I think we're going to see the Chiefs at least twice. I think we're going to see big name quarterbacks. Buffalo is going to be on there at least once. I think we'll see the, the Chargers on there at least once. I think we'll see the Bengals a couple of times. I think we'll see these games. And you'll see some of those games get kind of worked in there. Um, I, I would be willing to bet one Chiefs-Chargers game is going to be on Thursday night. I think one Cincinnati-Cleveland game or Cincinnati-Baltimore game will be on Thursday night. Again, kind of match up these quarterbacks. I think we'll see some of that. Now, I think what we're going to see and what we've heard is Amazon is going to spend a bunch of money on announcers. Mm -hmm. They want to make the biggest splash possible. Now, right now, Sunday Night Football is sort of the featured game. The biggest games, if you're an announcer, are Sunday Night Football. Marquee. Yep. Marquee game. They just want to get all the flexes to. ESPN, as part of the new agreement now gets flex games into Monday night. So they will be like the second tier game. That's the second best game might get flexed to a Monday night. So is that part of their Super Bowl contract? Yes, I'm... The whole thing, the whole thing that ESPN okay. has negotiated, got them, got them a flex, got them flex games. Sunday night football still gets the number one flex game. Okay. Monday night football will be number two. Um, there'll be no flexes to Thursday because of the shortened week and just, it screws everything up. They, they run right. the buys around that. It makes it a little easier on those teams. Sure. So we'll see that kind of still work the way it's working. Um, but what has happened on the announcer side is the rumor has been on Sunday night football for the last, however, minutes since they've had it. Al Michaels has been the play-by-play guy. He is a legend. He's the best, best yes. ever. He has been on primetime games only since the early 1980s. Since he's been on Monday Night Football, he was on Monday Night Football on ABC, went to Sunday Night Football when NBC started. His contract has ended. Yep. And NBC has not announced yet, but it has been known for a couple of years that Mike Tirico is going to be the new play-by-play guy from Sunday Night Football. I don't – I. Don't think it's fair to say that it hasn't been announced because it was announced that Trico was the host in waiting. Yeah, he has not been told he's the play-by-play guy yet. I heard it in correct. Yeah, but he is going to be the next play-by-play guy of Sunday Night Football, and yes. it'll happen this season. It'll be him and Chris Collinsworth. Um, they've already done really? games together. Yeah, Collinsworth not going anywhere. As much as I would like to see him just go fuck himself, but no, I. I so continue on yeah, before so, we get into yeah, so, so Sunday back. night's changing. You know, Mike Tirico is going to be the new, and he was on Monday Night Football before going to NBC. Part of his deal, when he left ESPN, he was leaving Monday Night Football. So he was kind of made some promises to do the Olympic coverage would be Bob Costas' replacement. He is sort of the Bob Costas now. And now he's getting out the Al Michaels job as well. Um, well, it wasn't only Bob Costas. It was... Monday night football. It was yeah. Notre Dame football. Now, and... he, he will not be doing Notre Dame football. That Monday night, that Notre Dame football was a fill-in. He won't be doing Monday night, uh, Notre Dame football anymore. I don't know as though that has been clearly determined. It is. 
Okay. He will not be doing both. He's he's already said he's not doing both. He said it, he he has said in interviews, if my understanding is I'll be the next Sunday night football guy, yes. When that is, I can't say yet. I'm sure it'll be soon. He said, when it does happen, I will not be doing the night football. I mean, that would make sense. Back-to-back days would yeah. be horrific. Too, too, too hard. So um, they'll, Notre Dame want to figure that out. They've already got something in place. I'm sure. Part of NBC's broadcast is they have Drew Brees. And they signed Drew Brees because it may be an eventual replacement for Chris Collinsworth. Uh, but he did the playoff game with Mike Tirico. And they, he was not good. No, he wasn't. He wasn't good at all. And like, they ain't no bigger Drew Brees fan than I am. He wasn't good at all. He was doing Notre Dame games this year, and he was fairly good at that. I think he had a bad game. But well, it really affected him. It really affected his uh, value because Drew Brees has an opportunity to get out of his contract in NBC. So that was my question is, <clears throat> are you going to solely judge him on that game? And I know not, that they – but that they have all this behind the scenes yeah. screen testing and yeah. all this kind of stuff that the upper management is looking at and yeah. configuring and that kind of stuff. And I don't think that it can, his future yeah. in particular can be leveraged on that one game. Yeah. I don't think it will be, I don't think it should be, but I think right now it is. I think like, I think he's out of the Amazon I think there was an idea. We'll get to Amazon in a second. So now we've got okay. uh, all of this also is the second biggest game of the week. The game that actually gets the best ratings and the most views is Fox's 325 game. The, 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 the one that's the, the second game of the doubleheader. And that is yeah. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah. Um, Troy Aikman's contract has ended. The rumor was for a long time that Troy Aikman and Al Michaels were going to be going to Amazon. Yep. Um, Troy Aikman is very close, and it looks like he is going to Monday Night Football on ESPN. Yeah, he's shit getting, blew up at the end Tony, of last week. They're calling it Tony Romo money. Tony Romo blew up the bank a couple of years ago, and he got upwards of seventeen or eighteen million dollars at CBS. It's it's made it to where the um, the analysts, the top tier analysts, are getting paid really well. Chris Collinsworth's deal is upwards of ten million. And he also gets to talk about football. What is it? Football focus. Um, and the he pro, he, yeah. Oh, the, the pro, pro football, football, whatever. Football focus. Analytics team. Yeah, the analytics team. Chris Collins was one of the owners of that. Yeah. And so that's part of his contract. They got that in there. That's why they. That's why they talk so much about that. Is it the thing with Collins? And my understanding was, is that theoretically the contract thrown at Aikman was a shorter term at equivalent money. Yes. I've heard two different things. I've heard five years of her 10, but I think it's the five. Um, I, w- it, given- I think I, I actually think it's the 10 with a five that you're out, but out at the five. Which makes sense, yeah. but yeah. I mean, Word given- is that. And the word is that Troy Aitman's going to make more money in his co- next contract with ESPN that he's taking now than he did in his entire playing career. Good for him. So, and again, he didn't play in this generation. So No, he, he didn't. He'll get the $20, $30 million to get the quarterbacks are getting now. Um, a couple of rumors going around is, so what it does is that now we see that we have some issues. So CBS has their crew locked in. They have 
Jim Nance and Tony Romo, they're both under contract for a very long time. They're going nowhere. Jim Nance does everything at CBS. He is jack of all trades, master of all trades there. He's going absolutely nowhere. Uh, Tony Romo is the number one guy. He's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. CBS is kind of not not in play at all here. Leaves you with Sunday Night Football. Uh, It leaves you with, which really we just know three is going to be Tariko and and Collinsworth. Leaves you with Amazon, and it leaves you with Monday Night Football. Now, it looks like Al Michaels and Troy Aikman are the two sort of the the top-tier free agents here. And they're the ones commanding the most money. But it looks like also there's been a couple of coaches who have gotten some attention. Coaches are bullshit. Sean McVay and Sean Payton. No. Uh, Sean Sean McVay uh, has said this week that he is going to stay the coach of the Rams. He was given an extension. McVay was offered what? I heard something like a you know, 10 million or 10 million. million. So, yeah, the rumor is he was offered 10 million a year from Amazon. Listen, if you just won the Super Bowl and you're not going to try to run it back as a coach, yeah, especially yeah. having been so close not too many years before, yeah. at his age, yeah, he's, he's, he's younger than we are. Yeah, he's 10 years younger than I. He's 35. He's younger than we are. He's not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to hang it up just because I won one. Yeah. So that's ridiculous. Peyton, Sean Peyton, yes. I can see him going, trying to go into the booth. He will be um, spectacularly unsuccessful because he's just, he doesn't have anything to draw anyone to him. Wow. Wow. He's not engaging. I think that Sean Payton could in the I in the right circumstance, if he can bring an excitement level to it, his knowledge would be like a Tony Romo kind of thing. Sure. I think, that's he'd, be the great. Same, I think he'd be the same to now. There are some negatives to me on Tony Romo. The positives are I love that he he knows the quarterbacks, he knows the offenses. He doesn't talk about anything defensively, he doesn't talk about anybody on the offensive or defensive line. You would never get Tony Romo. That's the one thing about Chris Collins that I do like. He'll actually sit there and draw the play like Madden did a little bit and show you some blocking. Tony Romo will not do that. I totally that's understand. why he never won anything with the Cowboys. He never I totally understand him. that, but I also don't see Sean Payton being engaging enough yeah. to just be like, oh, and here's what we're seeing from the other side of the field yeah. and blah, 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 and here's the scheming that they're doing. Yeah. I think that Sean Payton will be a really good analyst in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. No, he would be great in the studio. Uh, You know, he would be a great replacement for Dave or for whomever else coaches are in there because they're all old and tired and haven't been in the current NFL system for a good 10 years. Yeah. Well, we're so, going to see, and we will see some turnover in Fox's pregame show eventually with Jimmy Johnson and Terry Bradshaw and a couple others getting older. Fox, CBS. Yeah. CBS is just bad. I, I ooh, got it off. They should just let Nate Burleson talk. Just James Brown, Nate Burleson, get everybody else off. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough. The other people have been talked about. So right now, Fox's number two guy is Greg Ols, the former tight end. And he's really good. Have you heard him yet? He is. He's he really is. Good. 
I've enjoyed listening to him. I can't uh, see him truly as a number one. Yeah, so that's where Fox is now. Fox has got to find a number one. Is it going to be Greg Olson? The okay. other places, so rumor, rumors have it they're talking to Sean Payton. Right. Um, Greg Olson is an easy one to just call up to the number one broadcast. Absolutely, because he says he's had a season under his belt. Yeah, especially if Joe Buck were to leave. There's, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. Because um, then you could take him and Kevin Burkhart together. Um, oh, no, no, no. I would take Kevin Harlan for sure. Well, Kevin Harlan's on CBS. It'd be kind of hard to you know, uh, it'd be a little different. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon's willing to get people because they can buy them out. Anyway. So that's the thing. So some guys that maybe wouldn't be available to jump from Fox to CBS or vice versa could be available to Amazon because Amazon's willing to put so much money into it. Um, so another rumor that's been going around, this was, so it looks like Troy Aikman, was, Troy Aikman was, so it looked like Amazon was going to try to go for an Al Michaels, Troy Aikman announced team. Right. Which is really incredible. I mean, that would be the, you get the best play-by-play guy. I think Aikman's the best analyst. I could argue there's times where Romo is a little better, but I think Aikman's better overall. Um, also, Aikman's not afraid to say when somebody screwed something up. He's the one guy that will do that. But it looks like Aikman, and I heard Troy Aikman on, um, I think it was Richard Deitch's podcast a couple mm-hmm. months, about a month ago, who said, one of the, when asked, he said one of the things that he was considering was the Amazon thing and the idea of maybe calling those Amazon games and then doing some of the games on Fox. Right. Uh, it looks like Fox didn't really appreciate that. They don't want him to do that. And he wants to be where there's viewers. Sure. Thursday Night Football is not going to have the viewership at any of these Sunday night games, Sunday games, Sunday night, Sunday at three o'clock or Monday night. Um, so he, he mentioned that was part of his thinking, even though the money could maybe be a little better at Amazon. Uh, but Aikman has gotten, the, he has secured the bag, it looks like. So it looks like we're going to have Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football, which means we're going to lose Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick. And probably, and most likely Steve Levy as well. That whole crew will probably be uh, taken apart. I would imagine Brian Greasy's going back to college football. I imagine Steve Levy will too. And I think Lewis Riddick's going to go back to the league and be a general manager somewhere soon. Um, and- and here's my just pedestrian asshole point of view, especially over the last season with the Manning cast. I have not tuned in to ESPN's main podcast, main yeah. cast. So I, the at all I was looking at it was this, the Manning cast, which everyone's copying now. Have you noticed that shit? Yeah. You see what they did at the NBA All-Star game? Yeah, got a copy of the Manning games, but it was bad too. I didn't watch it because I had better things to do. Yeah. I watched part of it; I just couldn't do it. Um, I'll tell you why I screwed that up in a minute. But um, the Manning cast has made it to where it's fun. If it's a game you're not in, if it's not your team, so it's the way I watch Monday Night Football now is if it's my team, if the Saints are playing, if Joe Burrow is playing, I'm going to watch the regular broadcast. If it's two teams that, yeah, they're good enough. If it's two teams I'm not highly interested in, I'm going to watch the Manning cast. Part of it is I'm a Manning mark. I'm a Peyton and Eli guy. I would eventually get Pat McAfee with those guys. Interesting, because I would say from being both a Chiefs and a Bears fan, 
I would much prefer watching them, having the Mannings in the background, watching the game yeah. versus the regular ESPN. I think it take the interviews, I think takes something away from the game at times. Peyton does a really fairly good job. He did better throughout the season of saying, okay, well, let's talk about this part of the game and trying to cut the interview off at times. So again, then what is your focus on yeah. the game itself or the sideline? And that's why when I watch my team or my favorite player, I'm watching the game. So I'm not going to watch the Manning cast. I can tune out the Manning cast, but I'd rather hear the nonsense in the background yeah, than Steve it. Levy. I, I don't know. To me, I guess maybe it's, it's just. Well, maybe in your case, the Steve Levy thing. It is. Maybe Steve Levy is a hockey guy. He yeah. shouldn't be in football. Yeah, and I think that, and I don't think Brian Grease is very good. I think Riddick's really good, and but I don't think Riddick, Riddick is good. I don't think Riddick's going to be on any of these broadcasts next season. I think no. Riddick has interviewed for this, the Indianapolis Colts general manager's job. If he doesn't get that, he will get a GM job sooner than later. He will get a front office job. Yeah, he's going to be in the back there next year. Yes. Um, there is a couple things that have happened. So the other big rumor this past week was since Aikman's not going to Amazon now. Supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. This hasn't been announced. So um, supposedly Amazon has now looked a couple different places. They talked to John Lynch, the current general manager of the San Francisco 49ers, who was on Fox for years. And he was really yep. good. He was very good on Fox, I thought. Enjoyed him a lot. Yeah, he's a good analyst. Um Obviously, they talked to McVeigh. They're talking to Sean Payton. Um, the other name that's out there they've talked to, and this is reported on ESPN.com and in a couple other places, was Kirk Herbstreet. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Herbstreet has some kind of an out in his contract. Okay, so my understanding is the language in his contract is that he can leave for jobs that are not college football. Listen. I know that there has been a lot of love and hate toward Kirk Herbstreit over the last 25-ish years that he's been doing college game day because I think that number is probably generous. Um, It's probably closer to 30 at this point if my recollection serves. But he's a good analyst, um, him being on primetime games like the championship game or whatever, regardless of the things that people hold against him for whatever biases he may carry, um, everyone carries them. So it could be interesting and it's going to be a lesser pay threshold for Amazon to kind of bring him on board just because he's not as known on the pro level yeah. as compared to NCAA. So to answer your question, Kirk Herbstreit has been at ESPN since 1996. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that's, let's see. Yeah, they've had him do, it didn't say here when he was, when he started on game day, but uh He's now the lead analyst on game day. I think what with Kirk Herbstreit, I think is a big thing is he has kind of become the voice of college football. Yeah. He's he replacing both. Yeah. I think that, and I think that he, I think he recognizes that. I think this is a money play for him. I think it's a, I think a way of him getting more money in this contract. 
Yeah. I think that he'll end up using the Amazon offer to get more money from ESPN. But let's say for argument's sake, Kirk Herbstreet's the guy at Thursday night football at Amazon. Mm-hmm. What is that a good fit? I don't know. He's never played a down in the NFL. Does that even matter? It doesn't. I don't think it does either, but I don't think he'd be good at it either. But we don't know. Yeah. He has called a couple of playoff games on ABC. He has not been terrible. It's him and Fowler. Um, my thing is, if you're going to get Kirk Herbstreet, you get Chris Fowler with him. Well, so then to that point, if you're going to get Troy Aikman, do you get Joe Buck? Yeah. So the Joe Buck thing to me is interesting because he has one year left on his Fox contract. ESPN can try to buy it out. I think it's difficult. I think it'd be difficult for Joe Buck to go, even if they could pay him. He makes around $11 million a year right now, Fox. He can get Troy Aikman money, let's call it 15, 16 million, but he loses. There's a couple of things that Joe Buck does. Joe Buck not only calls football on, 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 on Fox, he's going to be the voice of the Super Bowl next year. Fox yep. has two of the next three Super Bowls. So he would lift both those gigs. He is also the voice of the World Series and, and baseball on Fox. And so I, golf, that's a big deal to him, I think. And golf at times. Yeah, I don't, yeah, they, I, don't know. I don't know where Fox is in their PGA contract. Yeah, their US Open deal. He was the, the voice of the US Open. Yeah. So I, I'm curious there. I don't think that Joe Buck is leaving Fox. I just don't see him losing. I mean, the World Series game means a lot. It's to me, I don't think it's the World Series because he's covered and called a number of those. Yeah. I honestly think it would be more of a Super Bowl thing at this point. Well, I think that's part of it too. Yeah, I think it's both. Um, the voice of two of the next three Super Bowls, and he's the voice of the World Series every year. And listen, <laughs> I know a lot of people dislike him. I have come to be very fond of him just because he knows that he's seen as a jackass that he's done a lot of things wrong yeah and that every fan base hates him well but his ability to kind of understand how the system has worked and changed especially given the fact that his dad came through it yeah. and he grew up in it yeah. is going to be curious to me because yeah. if I can totally see him flipping tables and being like, this is, this is what I want. I've got my, my place down in Mexico. I've got, you know, my wife and younger kids up here yeah. and wherever. And yeah. I think that so. I think a lot of it with Joe Buck. First off, the the hatred thing. Fan bases do do not like Joe Buck. Oh, they here in Kansas City they actually hate him. Um, but I think part of that is he brought up a good point. He was asked about this in the interview I saw a couple of years ago. He said the big deal, especially on the baseball side, is that you watch all the games with your local announcers, and they're talking about that team. So he's going to always look like he's against your team when he's talking about both teams yeah. throughout the broadcast. I also think that, uh, again, I think Al Michaels is the best football play-by-play guy of all time. 
But I think Joe Buck is the best overall play-by-play guy I've ever seen. And honestly, and, and I, I, if, if I, you go back to just try to get away from the home team, away team yeah. ideal of him and listen to podcasts where he's just flat out himself, yeah, he's a lovely human being. Yeah, and he, I loved his interview thing he did on, uh, on Audience yeah. for a little while. But yeah. my thing on Joe Buck, Sorry. he also is so good at the mechanics of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, Nance is really good at this too. I think this is where Nance, I think is better than Michael's at it sometimes is I've been in the booth. And again, I just did it with Tyler, with Tyler Jones, but um, there's a lot when you're trying to get to the pl- draw, doing the play, get the analyst in, get the analyst out, bring up a replay, um, talk about an advertiser, throw it to a commercial, everything else. And they got two people yeah. talking to them in their ear the whole time. Um, it's really difficult. And I think those play-by-play guys, I mean, they make it seem easy. I mean, Michaels is, Al Michaels is in his 70s, and he's still doing it. Uh, and I think he's gotten, the game has changed in the time he's done it. It's For gotten sure. more difficult. Uh, Buck, I think, is the best. I just think he's the best. Um, I, what I want to do, I'm going to hit this little list we have here. We made a list, of, like, who do we think will end up where and what's mm-hmm. going to happen? So we're pretty sure on the Troy Eggman to Monday Night Football. Yep. Yep. Who do you think ends up being the play-by-play person there? I don't know. That's really hard for me because I would think that ESPN will do all that they can to get Joe Buck there, but can't provide the security around yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, World ESPN, ESPN gets a, a Super Bowl in like four years right so whoever's the monday night voice will get one super bowl it's an attraction and it may be that joe buck is at a point that he kind of wants to reel back a little bit yeah if joe buck wants to continue calling baseball can espn make him the sunday night baseball announcer they would have to i would think so i think it would be better than that best frankly um i don't think he's very good at all honestly i yeah. I haven't liked Monday Night Baseball for a while. Sunday, so. Sunday Night Baseball, yeah. Or Sunday Night Baseball. I think Sunday Night Baseball screwed up when they didn't give it to Boog Shiap. Uh, yeah, and that's why... I, I think it should have been loved. him and Chipper Jones instead of Matt Vescursion and A-Rod. Yeah, no, seeing Booge, you know, on the marquee network with the Cubs has been great. Yeah. And I'm exceedingly pleased to see him yeah. back with so, uh, basketball as well yeah. for college. I... I don't think Joe Buck's going to end up in ESPN. I think Al Michaels is going to get that job. We'll see. Yeah. So, um, so you think you think ESPN ends up with Joe Buck? I no, I don't. I if they don't, who who's the play by play guy with Trey? So that's the thing is that I don't know if Al Michaels is going to want to play ball with Disney, right? I think it'd be a reunion for them. I mean, he was on ABC and, and ESPN for so many years. But that was way before Disney came along. Yeah, but I think it, to him it's going to be the same thing. I, now, Amazon did hire Al Michaels' producer from Sunday Night Football, who has been his longtime producer. They were together at Sunday, Sunday Night Football. They were together at Monday Night Football. Okay. So Amazon has hired him. So Yeah. I mean, my guess. If you draw Al Michaels there, it's that. I, sure. I, 
I, I think he's going to get drawn to one of those two jobs. He's either going to Amazon or he's going to Monday Night Football. I mean, my guess I think would he be, Monday football. given Al Michaels' age, how long is he going to want to stick around, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why the Monday Night Football makes sense. They do it two or three years. There was a lot of talk that Al Michaels was going to walk off at the Super Bowl. That was going to be his last game. So, um, okay. So we got an Eggman. We're no, you think Joe, what do you think Joe Buck ends up? Is he staying at Fox? Yes. Okay. Al Michaels, 2022. Where you got it? Um, I'm going, to, I'll go with Amazon. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. Sean Payton. Where does Sean Payton end up? Nowhere. He's, no, he'll, he'll be in studio somewhere, but he will not be a game day commentator. I think Sean Payton ends up with Amazon. I don't know if he'll be play by play guy or if he'll be on the pregame, but I think he's going to be Amazon. Yeah, he'll be studio. He's okay. no, he won't, he won't be in the booth. Will Greg Olson be Troy Aikman's replacement? Uh, I don't know that he will be, but he is going to be fast tracked somewhere. He's good. I enjoy him. I enjoy listening to him. Um, so he's going to be fast tracked somewhere. Okay. I think Greg Olson is going to be the replacement there. Does Drew Brees, does Drew Brees stay in Notre Dame football and stay at NBC? Yes. I think so too. Kirk Herbstreet. Hmm. One more question on Kirk Herbstreit before you get to your prediction. Mm-hmm. If you could do it, if you could get Herbstreit and Fowler for Thursday night football, would you do it? Yeah. I would. If you swing and miss on Al Michaels, I think that's where they should go. Yeah, I think I enjoy Again, it's very much in line with the whole Buck Aikman kind of thing. They've been together for 20 years. They know each other. They know their cadences. They know how to call games with each other. It would be an easy transition for a lot of people. Yeah, I have someone who's kind of half-ass on the inside, knows a little bit of these things. Mm -hmm. He says he's the hears that Chris Fowler has no interest in leaving ESPN. Uh, I don't blame him. Yeah, and I think that Kirk Herbstreit is going to end up getting a new contract with ESPN out of this. I'm sure that's probably a good power play, and it should be. All right, John Lynch. He's already said he's not leaving the 49ers. None of these GM coach things are going to happen. So, Sean McVay's already said he's not leaving. He was next in the list. Sean McVay said he's staying with the Rams. Yeah. All right. Now, from what I understand. The emergency ripcord for Amazon is the team of Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner. Any thoughts? I love Kevin Harlan. Okay. Just because not only is he a K graduate, he has been doing Westwood radio for years. Money has money at football. Yeah. Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner. What do you think of this? This, what do you think of this being Amazon's team? I want to ignore Kurt Warner just because I just don't know enough about him, frankly. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I, I think that's the ripcord for them. But uh, the two other people, uh, Ian Eagle and Kevin Burkhart, these are currently guys who are where they're at. I think okay, Burkhart's the number two guy at Fox. If Buck were to leave, I think he gets pushed up the one. I think they just get the whole unit, him and um, him and Olsen together, and just move them into one. Uh, Ian Eagle is currently at CBS. And he's been rumored on Amazon. Love Iron Eagle. Like Iron Eagle. Okay. Love him. He is so good. He is smart. He is fast. He is with everything that's going on. 
and you're just kind of like okay here's going to be the whatever iconic saying that's going to be for this moment it's going to come from iron eagle okay all right so you your prediction or you got you got al michaels going to amazon who's going to be his play his analyst i would love to see greg olson with him actually right that ain't gonna happen but yeah all right all right um here's where i'm at i think that michaels goes to espn i think buck stays at fox i think that um i think the whole herb street thing isn't going to happen either i think amazon is going to go way off the page here <laughs> um i think they get Ian Eagle as the play-by-play guy. Mm. And uh, I think we see a three-man booth there. The three-man booth of Ian Eagle with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Yeah, no. Um, that would be a horrible mix. And I think that's been proven time and again. Yeah. And I would think that Amazon's smart enough to avoid that at all costs. So I think it helps the two new guys. Put the album together. No, it doesn't. When you have a coach and a quarterback, no. All right, here's the wild card. If you're any of these companies, are you making the phone call to Tom Brady? Oh, everyone is making the phone call to Tom Brady. Everyone is making the call to Sean McVay. Everyone is making these phone calls. The thing of it is, it's, hey, thanks. I appreciate you calling. Is there any situation you could see where Tom Brady would say no. yes. No, I don't either. I don't either. Did you hear he's making a movie? Yes. Are you going to go see the Tom Brady movie? Are you going to see the Tom Brady movie? No, I'm not. I haven't watched the thirty, the Man in the Arena, whatever the oh. fuck that is. I don't give a shit about Tom Brady. <laughs> All right. All right. We're going to wrap it up on that today. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually, one last thing. You know, we talked a little bit about. You know, I'm always right. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you're you're you know not as deep in this as I am, but on the wrestling side, I was right once again. Okay, you can speak to this. So, real quickly, um, AEW's owner, President Tony Khan, announced last week he was going to make a big announcement. If you listen to the podcast last week, and we are sorry for making it such a long podcast last week, uh, we're not hey, sorry. We're Appreciative for you. Appreciative listening. you listen to the whole thing. We appreciate you. That yeah. was a marathon. Um, so when Hayden and I talked about it, we made a prediction of what it was going to be, and I was 100% correct. Tony Khan announced, as we recorded this on Wednesday, he has bought Ring of Honor Wrestling. And I, we don't know what's going to happen yet. We don't know if this is going to be combining the two things. I think if they're buying, they're getting a thing. They're getting a tape library. They'll have some kind of an online presence with everything sort of like a, a network, sort of like WWE Network was at one point before going to Peacock. But once again, Coach Bo was correct. I don't know if I'll be correct on the Amazon thing. Uh, maybe make a chart because I'm not tracking it. I got it written down. The big ones was you got Al Michaels and Amazon, and I don't. I got him over at ESPN. So, yeah. Um, if it is Al Michaels, Troy, one last piece on that. How does that affect the Manning cast? The Manning cast has been renewed for three more seasons. So does it draw eyes away from the Manning cast? Here's here's the question that I have. Being a lawyer, mm-hmm. what does the contract say? It says that they got to do the show for three more years. 
uh, it sure. says a whole lot more than that. Sure. And we aren't going to know what those things yeah. are. So we don't know what yeah. cross functions are. We well, do you, don't. Do you think that where I was going with the question originally wasn't, you know, the, the ins and outs of it was, does having a top line premium announce booth, the area in which Monday Night Football desperately needed to improve, does that take eyes away from the ESPN 2s? Did the, did the ESPN 2s, the Manning cast, did the Manning cast uh, shine the big, bright spotlight on the biggest problem of Monday Night Football? So here's the thing, is that I don't know what the eyeball value is with regular Monday Night Football as compared to Manning cast. I never watched ESPN's coverage. Okay. Never. I can't remember the last time I watched a Monday Night Football game on ESPN unless the Chiefs were on there prior to the Manning cast. Did I tune into almost every single Manning cast? Yes. Okay. So. That's what I'm wondering. I, I think that's going to be interesting to see. Well, we're going to wrap it up. So uh, thanks for coming in this week. I appreciate it, Ellen. And uh, we got to go to finish this up. If um, next week we'll talk more college college basketball, we're going to get into some of the NFL free agency and some of the stuff. And we'll start seeing some cuts next week and some things happening. And we'll start getting some of that minutia and that kind of stuff in football stuff. But we'll get in there. Um, I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody studio soapbox, everything we do behind the scenes. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, most important, thank you to you to listen. We don't do this without you guys. Thank you for that. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get the pod, give us a five star review. We appreciate every one of them. It helps us. Great review. Until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. That is Ellen Wigginton. And have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable.